Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, Jimmy, it's an absolute pleasure to get you on for this bonus episode of The Darker Side of Boxing. Thank you for coming on and thank you for taking the time out to, to speak to us about your, your brilliant book. Well, first and foremost, we'd like to congratulate you on what was an excellent read. And, and thank you, of course, because that book was an inspiration to, to us on a subject that is still very raw to a lot of people even today, even though it's 11 years after the fact, it's still quite raw to a lot of people. So it was really good that you've come on to be able to give your your side of the story as to how you've put this this book together. So obviously we've got we've got plenty of questions that we'd uh, that we'd love to ask you about it. And I think the first one is what actually inspired you to to write this book, Killed in Brazil. So. Hamilcar reached out to me about writing uh, one of the books in their noir series. We had talked about what uh, subjects to focus on and hadn't really hammered anything down. And those conversations kind of petered out for a bit. But then Kyle came back to me maybe two months later and said he wanted us to do Gotti. And because I hadn't thought about the Gotti uh, case in you know a decade... Uh, it was a chance to go back and learn stuff that I didn't know and a chance to like reread some things and get a better understanding of something that I thought, you know, was probably pretty interesting and that I missed on the first go round. So I once they gave me a topic that I could get into, I was I was all in. I signed on for sure. So so you didn't actually get the chance to get No no, I I never met him. Um, no, I never got a chance to, to meet him. He, I mean, he, he's Canadian, but he lived in the States for so much 
of his life once he turned pro. And like, so there's people in like our circles probably overlap at some point if you, if you get them big enough, but in terms of speaking to him, no, I, I never, like, I never spoke to him. Uh, we had no prior relationship. This was an entirely, like I was going into this, like essentially completely ignorant. What were your actual thoughts on him uh, as a fighter? Like most of us, we, we really enjoyed watching his fights during that period of time. But for you, what, what were your thoughts on him as a fighter? Well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I understood the reputation. I understood why he was so beloved. I was never a huge Gotti fan. I don't, I mean, I appreciate what happened there, right? Like I appreciate what he gave and the word fights and all of that. I, I, but I never a guy that I really had a passionate feeling for, but I think that probably helped me because when I went to, when I wanted to try and find out what happened to him, one of the things that, that worked to my benefit was not having any kind of um, assumptions about what happened and not wanting it to turn, like not wanting the truth to be a particular thing because of how I felt about him. So in a way, my my sort of ambivalence, which might be a cold word, but it works here. My ambivalence toward him was probably an asset for me. I think I think that comes across really well in the book, Jimmy. Actually, uh, the way your your uh, the, the style that you write the book, it, it is that forming in terms of you, you can tell you've gone in not wanting it to turn one way or the other. So, I mean, just, just sticking with the fighting here, what, what are your thoughts then um, on, on the Gatty Wall trilogy? Um, well, I, the first one, I remember, like, I think everybody who saw the first one when it happened remembers where they were, right? Like, I was, I, I think it was like the, the weekend of my birthday or something, and, and I had some people over at my house, and I remember being angry at the, back when I got angry about decisions, I was angry at the decision because I don't think that word deserved to win that fight, but, but the kind of awe, right? Like the, the capacity right. for, for it's, it's not even like, it's not a pain threshold, right? Like people can take pain. It's like, it's a pain threshold that is such that it didn't force either guy to deviate from what they were trying to do, which is, which is, is wild. Like being able to normalize what would make most of us like collapse is, is remarkable. And that aspect of Gotti is absolutely remarkable. It's not unique to him, but but it's um, it's certainly something that that I revere. So I think one of the biggest questions, Jimmy, that 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 we want to ask, uh, doing the podcast that we do, and, and and sourcing the information, and reading books, and going through various different trolls of the internet, trying to find bits of information. What what was it like for you? How did you go about sourcing all the information you needed to complete this book? Well. The nice thing about that is that it was high profile at the time. And because it took so long, because that trial went so long and there was a, you know, the, the civil trial that, that results from it and the investigation that Lynch launches into it, there's years of information there, right? And, and every time something new came out, you could kind of follow the line or the, the history of it back to yeah. the night in question. So there's actually a lot out there. It's, it's, it was pretty easy, I think, to get enough information to present the story. And since I didn't care about, I didn't care about like giving my opinion about what happened. All I needed was enough there to give a rich story. And that was there. But in terms of getting people to talk to me about it, it was, it was almost utterly impossible because, you know, and, and that's, that's a larger question, but I, but I think what was going on there is like two things. One, many of the people involved were, are still in boxing. And so, they know how to speak guardedly and turn down opportunities to speak if they don't see them advantageous. And two, 
no one, no one who you want to talk to about Gotti has kind of lukewarm feelings about him, right? Like, like people who knew him loved him generally. And, and, and so anyone you wanted to talk to about him had this kind of image of him and strong feeling for him. And I think they were defensive about speaking to me, you know, like maybe if I was with Sports Illustrated or something that you could coax them into, into sharing. But a, a lot of the people who, who I wanted to talk to were like, no, this is, this is kind of off, this is off limits for me. And, and people even told me, they're like, cause I don't know what you're going to do with it. And I don't want to risk saying something that I, I, I don't want to see. So, so easy so you, to find information, but hard to get people to talk. So, so you saying that, I, I believe, did you you you, uh, you spent a bit of time with Kathy Duva? Um, I mean, yeah. When I was when we was reading the book, you could tell that even Kathy was a little bit reluctant to say how what happened to Gay. Happened. She, she she didn't really give her honest opinion for me when I read the book as a reader. So, I mean, how, how was that spending time with Kathy and and, and having the interview with her? Well, she was great in that she was like immediately accessible, you know, like as soon as uh, her daughter, Nicole, got a hold of her, I heard back from her. She's like, this is something I'll do. Um, and so she was actually really forthcoming. And I and I think what I appreciated about speaking to her is that she she wasn't so dogmatic in her uh, interpretation of what she thinks happened. Right. Like she leaves this gray area for like maybe, you know, I think this happened, but this seems difficult to to reconcile and, and I'll leave those uncomfortable parts in my understanding of, of what happened as opposed to like washing them all the same color. So that there's only one thing that could have happened, you know, like she's, she's more balanced than that. Um, which is great, but she's also a promoter and she's also, she was also really close to him, you know? And so she knows she just, she's smart enough to know how to speak guardedly. Maybe she was doing that in some of our conversation, but I, but I, I do owe her some gratitude for, for telling me things that that I couldn't I couldn't find anywhere else, and that um, I think were like really crucial to explaining the sort of relationship that people close to Gotti had with him and how they felt about him. Uh, but so I, I do owe Kathy Duva uh, a debt of gratitude, certainly. I think one of the one of the things we loved about the book uh, was your approach to each and every unanswered question in relation to, to Gatti's death. I mean, there's always an explanation for each end of the spectrum. I think for a good example of that for us would be in the first chapter, part one, Fracci, you raised the question that will never be answered, but one that the reader is always left with when thinking of why Gatti would would take his own life. And the the extract from the book is, if their union was so strong, so important, that ending it would show the world what Gatti was ultimately capable of, why couldn't Amanda provide greater insight into what drove him to suicide? And and that, that's something that sort of jumped out at us massively when, when doing the, the actual research uh, for our episode on Gatti. <laughs> so you so like what i found is is similar to what you found right and 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 yeah that's that's kind of a puzzling thing and now okay so we can think about it though we can think like maybe her maybe her grasp of english isn't such that she feels comfortable saying too much i mean that's possible right mm. but then you would think that oh given the the heightened amount of scrutiny that she had at that point like she's in jail you know, like given the amount of scrutiny and, and the, the kind of um, suspicion about her, that her inability to articulate what she really wants to say would have been corrected by people who would be serve as her mouthpiece, right? Like a lawyer or a sister or something. Um, so it is kind of interesting that like, well, if you knew him so well and your union was so tight and, and, and you are and you are fully aware of what he is and isn't capable of, um, 
then how can you just give that explanation? Like that's, and again, someone's in a state of crisis and trauma, traumatic events, and you have to be understanding of all of that. Right. But, but yeah, that was, that was a little puzzling. And it, and it, and I think for, for many people that I've spoken to about this, like that, that's one of the things that they, that leaves, leaves them uneasy to the point where they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that this person's believable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we felt the same. And and for us, though, I mean, the, the one thing that stood out for, for me and Sean um, was the the full results from the second autopsy by uh, Quebec coroner, who was Gene Brochu. Hopefully I got his name right. Uh, mm-hmm. We thought that was quite condemning when he when he did put that theory to the test with Gatti sort of hanged himself using the strap from Amanda's purse and Brazilian authorities uh, hung like a, was it a 35 kilo weight from the strap and the, the strap stacked in mm-hmm. five seconds. And, and considering that Gatti weighs in at 70 kilos, how the hell did he manage to hang himself with the the, the strap? And I think that's the one thing that, like, like, you, like you just mentioned with the book, it's sort of, you can go one way and in the other and there's always an explanation and an answer for everything, no matter how sort of, some of the information that so for instance for Amanda she she didn't quite give enough at times but there was something there and and I believe that was that was a real concern for me and Sean I, and I know Sean feels the same in terms of is that not enough strong evidence to suggest that Gatty didn't do that with the bra strap I mean I mean the the, the uh ham the, the bag strap sorry yeah I it it is I mean but it it's one of those things that's like well I mean you know, it, it's, it's puzzling. Right. But then, then the conversion is like, well, okay, if that didn't happen, then what did happen? <laughs> and, and then there's, there's no way to kind of, there's no way to kind of get a resolution. It's, it feels like there's no way to get a resolution based on what we know. And so what you're doing is like, you're inserting something about your feelings about it, which is totally normal. It's what we do. You're inserting something about your feelings about it to tip the scale for you in one direction or the other. Maybe, maybe heavily, maybe lightly. Uh, but yeah, th- those details are all puzzling. And and really, when you think about what we're talking about, um, really kind of concerning because, you know, if she did do it, well, <laughs> the person who did it has been free for years. And and mm-hmm. if she didn't, then the person who didn't do it has been treated by many people like she has for years. You know, and that's that like the, the fallout of that is, is so much bigger than knowing just what happened to him, you know, and that's why those details are 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 uncomfortable. There were many conspiracy theories that were floating around uh, after the fact, and there was one that came up uh, multiple times. And I don't know whether you ever came across this when doing your research for it that uh, Amanda had these brothers who were. Uh, apparently not very nice men or part of a gang, so to speak. And there was a rumour that she let them in to the property and they murdered Arturo Gatti. That, that again, wild conspiracy theory and that's exactly what it is. But did you ever come across any of that? And, and if so, what were your actual initial thoughts on that after doing the research you've done? Yeah, I mean, the the theory that she had help was one that even the police kind of considered for a brief period of time, right? Um, because again, she weighs a hundred pounds. Like in the strap, you know, what she how can she physically accomplish this? The physics of it are are, are too daunting. Um but then I, I always come back to I always come back to like what the analysis of the lock and the lock and they could actually see how many times that door opened and closed from the moment when he got back, right? If the timeline holds up. 
and they and so the police investigation was like well no no one went in and out because if they did the lock the lock on the door would have had some activity on it and there's no activity on it um so that to me is kind of like i I don't know how far to go with that um but you know and then but then you balance that with well you know and lynch and and other people have, have suggested you know that well the corruption in the police force there may have like all the information we get from them may have be in some way corrupted now for what reason and how do we trace who benefits from that i don't know but but yeah there's 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 it depends on how far you're willing to go but if you're willing to suspend disbelief for a while you can get pretty far with with what happened definitely and 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 so so just just out of curiosity what, what were your thoughts then on uh is it paul chialino uh, and his partner right. joe mora's investigation the investigation that um i believe that their conclusion was was that gay actually was murdered I'm, I'm just curious to see what you felt about that well i it's hard because like i i looked at what I could learn from that investigation. And, and the, the problem with it is that, um, well, there's two things. One is that I think if you go into an investigation trying to prove something, that's different than going into an investigation trying to learn something, right? And, and it was pretty clear that, that Lynch was motivated to prove that Gotti didn't kill himself. So if you're going to pay, however good at their job they are, I think you're starting from a position of bias and maybe that's not the best place to go. Um, the, the best, not maybe not the best starting point, right? Because it's going to going to color the way you interpret things. Um, and then there seem to always be these kinds of answers, right? Like, well, how did his body get here? Like, how did he hang himself from this? How could this? Why was there a pool of blood here? And there were, you know, there there are all these explanations for why that is. And there's like, you know, analysis, crime scene analysis that shows that many of the the suspicions that that investigation raises can can be answered now now can they be answered uh in a way that satisfies people that's not for me to say right my that was not my undertaking my undertaking was just to show what you need to to give you as much as you can to make the most informed decision that you can um there's stuff in that investigation i think that that is that is interesting um whether it's whether it undermines um the case that he committed suicide or did it to did you know that evening was entirely of his own doing um i i, I can't say personally that I'm, I'm i'm especially convinced by it one of the one of the things that i wanted to ask jimmy about about the whole case and, and arturo gatti in particular was we've <laughs> seen we've seen in recent years more and more studies have taken place on these these athletes, these superstars that have then gone on to do something pretty irrational, which is end up them ultimately their demise. Uh, we've had it with yeah. Chris Benoit and his family. We had it with Aaron Hernandez uh, relatively recently. Do you do you think it's a possibility based on what information you you sourced and what you sat down and and really thought into that he could have been suffering from CTE? Yeah, I mean, what's interesting is that that development, like the way we look at brain trauma now, like it's relatively recent. So if you go back to try and if you go back to investigate what was happening at the time, it's not something I didn't find anything at the time that linked Gotti to CTE. Now, you can't link it until you can prove it. And obviously they weren't testing for it and we'll never really know. We can't know whether he had it. Um, But I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that a person who who suffered that much 
brain trauma over the course of his career, who is, who is, whose very identity is, is wedded to his capacity to endure it, um, is, is, isn't likely to show some symptoms of it. Right. And so when I, when I included that part in the, uh, book, I did it knowing that I couldn't suggest one way or another that he had it, but it is a wrinkle that in, in 2020, 2019, when I was writing it, we need to, we need to consider, right? Like we, we can, yeah. We can, we can say with some confidence that someone who lives, uh, who, whose livelihood is that violent uh, does not do so without a penalty. Yeah, and obviously the, 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 the substance misuse obviously wouldn't have helped him either. Uh, Certainly well, not, yeah. Which is also it, part of the CTA, exactly the same. It, it, it's definitely, as you say, right, spot on with, with the wrinkle in the whole thing. It's definitely something that maybe we will find out later on in time and so I suppose I want the one question I would I would like to ask you. Uh, obviously, yeah. writing the book, I know I know you're trying to. When you, I, I get the impression, hundred percent, and it's a good read, really excellent read, and and I like Thank the you. way that you are able to. You you don't you always leave the reader in sort of this this mindset where did it what actually happened to him? We you still don't know at the end of it, which makes it so much more intriguing. And so I suppose my question is: Do you believe was it suicide or was it murder for Gay? I mean, I. We have our opinions. I'm just we're just intrigued to find out what what your opinions were. So I yeah. So I I have I've spoken to people about this and 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 people ask me about it a lot. And I, you know, I'm, I'm always shocked that it's interesting that people want to know. But um, it it shows uh, in a way I appreciate that because it shows that I didn't insert myself into the story at all. Um, but I think that he killed himself. Mm-hmm. And I and I think there's there's reason enough to believe that. It might not be conclusive. And the, and the the whole point is that the things about this aren't necessarily conclusive. So at some point, we have to take a leap personally on what, what we think he was capable of, right? Now, I think he killed himself. Uh, I don't think she could do it. I don't think she had help. Uh, and I think he was probably in a state, or I do think he was in a state, where where that seemed like um, the, the right outcome for him, right? Like what he needed to do for himself. Um, and so... So when I try and think about it like him, I think that that's, you know, I can see how he would get there. Now I bring a whole bunch of stuff to that decision, right? I bring my own experiences, my personal life, my everything to that. And I recognize that that, that leans me one way or another, but I, but I do think, uh, I do think that, that, that final analysis, I, I do think that he killed himself. So what do you, what do you make of then obviously Pat Lynch's investigations into his death following, following the fact obviously Amanda was then subsequently released and cleared of all charges. Obviously he, he loved, he was like a father to him. You know, the relationship they had between one another uh, was, was so bonded that he, he, he couldn't let it go. And seemingly he hasn't let it go. I mean, the, the most recent documentary they did, which uh, talked about the fights between Gatti and Ward uh, in particular in that documentary, he was asked about that question. Both of them were asked about that question and both of them were absolutely adamant that he wouldn't have took his own life. But then again, that could be that bias towards knowing him as a person, not knowing the situation he was in at that one particular moment in time. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for him. Right. And he wouldn't speak to me. Um, <laughs> he emailed me a couple of times and it's never clicked, but um, I think, I think you're getting at now, this is just me sharing my opinion. I think you're, you're getting at the issue in the way that you introduced him. I think when you say something like he got, he was God, he was like a son to him and you, 
and you play up the, the, the quite rightly the significance of their relationship and how how bonded they were and and how much he loved him. I think maybe in that you have the kind of ingredients that 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 lead to to Lynch thinking only one thing was possible, right? Like it could only be this. Why? Because I knew him so well. Well, you why did you know him so well? Well, because we had this long relationship. Okay, now what did that relationship do to you? And how did it inform the way you think about him? It's, it's all legitimate to draw on that. But I wonder if, I, and I wonder this about all the people who are who are, are, are staunchly, staunchly, staunchly opposed to the idea that he killed himself. I wonder if that is about what happened or if that is about them. And I'm not, I, I'm just, that's just something I'm curious about, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to discredit a person's opinion on an issue that is, is unresolved, but I, I do, but I do wonder. I, I think that's, that's a perfectly understandable. I'll, I'll, I'll get that as well. Um, you mentioned um, Jude Starr, uh, the psychologist um, or mm. psychotherapist, sorry, in training in Toronto, who gave you sort of many insightful discussions about suicide. You don't go too much into it in your book as such. So I just, I was just wondering, what, what sort of discussions did you have with with Jude regarding sort of suicide? Obviously, a hot topic. You know, young men. We, we've actually we we do uh, we've done a special ourselves on, on our episode about sort of depression and stuff. And uh, what, what sort of discussions did you just did you speak about when you was talking about suicide? Well, I, I we had brought it up in, in a discussion, and he had introduced me to this book that I read. Um, so I, I included that there in the uh, acknowledgements, but really what I appreciated him, our discussions about was for, was that I was asking him how to like contextualize it. Like, how do you make sense of this, right? What are the things that you draw on when something like this happens to make it fit into your understanding of the world, right? How do you reconcile the, the impossible with the reality? And so, so he was saying, you know, there are ways to do it. We look at like, how do we make sense of anything? Well, we view all our events through these different lenses. And that's why in the book I talk about like, well, there's this religious aspect, or maybe there's a political aspect, or there's a familial aspect. And how we view that event is influenced by all of those things um, that make up who we are, that that color our lenses of the world, right? And so I thought about that. And that's, I think, where I get to, where I get to a point where I, I, I wonder... I wonder about how convinced people are who are close to him by the evidence and how convinced uh, people are who are close to him by their closeness to him, right? And, and that seems almost counterintuitive because you would think the people closest to you know you best. But what I learned in speaking with Jude was really that that's not always the case, right? Like we, because we assume we know them best, sometimes we don't notice things. And because we assume we know them best, uh, sometimes that knowledge... Um, blinds us to things that we could have been picking up on and so in that i think we start to be able we, we can start to make sense of not maybe not suicide i mean maybe suicide but but maybe not um making sense of suicide in the case of Gotti, but making sense of why people who have this strong opinion about him um view it the way that we do or the way that they do and 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 that's actually i think maybe the most interesting aspect of this uh is trying to understand the psychology of the person who believes strongly one way or another what happened. So I've got a, a two-part question for you um, to sort of 
sort of sum up, summarise really where you are at the moment after this this, this sort of book's been released. And when we did our episode earlier this year, obviously we'd, like I said, we'd used the book for source material, various other bits of information we was able to source for the episode. Um, have you heard, the, the, the two-part question is, have you heard about any more evidence actually surfacing? And if it was to surface, if there was any further evidence, would that then bring you back to, to becoming involved in potentially writing a second book or a follow-up or an addendum to, to Killed in Brazil if more evidence, for whatever reason, was eventually able to come out later on down the line? So I've heard from many people what they think about what happened, right? Uh, people have told me whether they... People have told me whether they agree with me or not, which is weird because I'm not actually forwarding a position one way or another. Uh, but I kind of think that speaks to the aura that that, that Gotti had. Um, if something came out that was conclusive, I, I I would pick it up for sure. I think that that would be fun. And, and you could go at it like... I mean, the, the method of it, like you could just take this new information provided it was more conclusive and 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 use it to kind of use it to interpret everything that happens pertinent to it, you know, which I think it could be interesting. It's like, well, we thought this, and then we learned this and we thought this, and then we learned this. And, you know, sometimes maybe that, that information would counter stuff that we thought, maybe it would reaffirm things that we thought, but in the, the play there, it would be interesting to see if we get, if we get to a, a clearer conception of what happened, I think finding that out would be, would be interesting and, and a worthwhile activity. Yeah, I think suppose most people that are, I mean people are clouded by judgment at times as as you've as you've rightly pointed out uh, when when explaining a few things to us but I think if if there was ever to be something that came out regarding ev- any additional evidence or whether the case is revisited further down the line, whether some type of new technology comes out which allows them to revisit this case in a certain way, uh, I think it obviously then brings uh, a whole different set of questions and a whole different de- different set of opinions as to, as to how things actually went down. And I suppose for, from, from our perspective, you know, it is something we would love to follow up just as much as you would because I think... We, we've all got our opinions as to how we think things went down on that one particular fateful night, but the mm-hmm. the, the, the answer is none of us are never going to really know. We can only go off what information is, is out there for us to be able to put together uh, an objective an objective piece. Really, yeah, it's 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 elusive, right? It's it's yep. it's a it's a, and I think that that elusiveness is what keeps it alive. Um, you know, the other, you know, like, you know, the Valero book that we did, that the Hamilcar did, like, we know what happened to him, you know, and, and we know what happened to Monzon, and we know what happened to Oscar Bonavena, uh, and we know, we we know more about these other cases, and they're still fascinating, right? They, they all yeah. are. Um, maybe what gives the Gotti story its legs is, is two things. It's, it's the fact that he's recent enough in our history that he remains... Uh, precious to so many people uh, who are alive, right? Like he, he, Gotti is recent enough that people who are alive now have some strong feeling about him. And then the fact that, that we don't know, right. And it, it's, you can, you can argue as vehemently as you want one way or the other, but you're, you're going to more frequently than not find some counter argument or some reason to doubt your, uh, the veracity of your, of your claims. And, and that keeps something alive and that keeps him alive. Maybe not in the best way, but, but it does. 
Johnston, so, so just, just sorry, just one question. Yes, sorry, Sean. Um, what, what are you what are you doing now at the minute, Jimmy? Are you uh, are, are you researching someone else? Are you looking to to to, to stick with this type of style, or are you are you uh, what's your current situation at the moment? Well, I I, I mean, <laughs> I always wanted to have written one. You know, and now it's done, and I uh, and that's good. That's a good thing to say, and and I, I I appreciate my wife giving me the leeway to do it, and 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 all of that stuff. You know, the time and 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 I know how I would do the next one better, of course, for sure. Um, but I've also realized like how much of yourself has to go into it, and it's also super like there's so much vulnerability and 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 publishing something that you wrote. You know, it, I mean that goes into like writing blog pieces, right? But you put up you put you spent hours on this thing and then hours and hours and hours and then it's published and then it's it's fair game and and uh that there's some vulnerability there so if i was going to do another one and i i wouldn't rule that out of, of course um it would have to be something that i feel really passionately about because i i realize that you have to you have to um you have to give a lot of yourself to get it done properly now that doesn't mean passion is something like i really like in terms of like, I want to write about this fighter that I really like or something, because that introduces me to the problem that I tried to avoid with Gotti. Um, but, but I do think you have to, the, the issue has to be something that you're passionate about. So, so when that happens, I, I, I'll, I think I'll know, and I, I think I'll be open to it. Um, for now though, I, I, uh, I just feel like really grateful to be able to say that it's done and get to talk to you guys about it and talk to other people about it. And, and, um, it's just, it's nice. I'm basking in it for a little bit. Uh, um, <laughs> that'll certain, that'll certainly fade as all, uh, sons do. But, um, for now I, I'm pretty happy with where I'm at with it. And I'm, I'll just, when the next one comes, I, I I'll know how to do it better. So, Jimmy, I suppose for people that are listening to the episode and the interview uh, and they want to go and find some more of your other work that you've produced over the years, where would be the best place to go and find that? So uh, I've moved around a little bit, as people who write about boxing tend to do. Uh, Right now, um, if you go to uh, HannibalBoxing.com, I have a, a byline there. Uh, if you search my name, like search like Jimmy Tobin Hannibal, my you'll find the link. It'll come up pretty quickly. Um, and I've been there for a couple of years, maybe two and a half years. Uh, and so I, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, personally, if you go back further than two and a half years with me, you don't want to read it because I certainly don't. Uh, <laughs> but but if you go to Hannibal Boxing right now, uh, the things that I that I've written in the last two and a half years, I. I uh, still believe in, uh, and if anyone wants to take the time to read those, I'm, I'm grateful. And if anyone wants to follow you, are you on social media to, for people to do that at all? Not right now. I mean, I have an Instagram account, but I, I got locked out of my Twitter account. I can't access my old number. So, so that's kind of <laughs> dead to me until they unlock me. Um, which is probably a good thing considering yeah. what's going on in the world right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, my kid giving me a hard time for looking at my phone hasn't happened in a couple months and that's a really nice feeling. Um, but I, but as soon as I'm back in that game, if I get back in that game, it'll be linked in my, on my byline in uh, Hannibal. So they'll be able to find me there. Well, but it's, it's follow Hannibal Boxing. They're fantastic. I love those are my guys, and and I'm so grateful to them. Well, I, they've been they've been an inspiration to, to some of the episodes we've done, and obviously they've helped us with with some of the source material for some of our episodes. Uh, and I think finally, from myself, uh, I'd like to say thank you very much for taking the time to come on today. Yeah, it's it's my pleasure, really. I again, I, I 
I'm just so grateful that that people would like to discuss this with me or, or find something that I put so much of myself in into worth you know discussing and and so really but the honor is mine certainly. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy, honours ours, mate. Seriously, I'm really pleased that you could come on and, and sort of add to, to what we did. I mean, I we spent, what, what did we spend, Sean, a week or two researching so um, to, to, to get our episode out. We thought we'd done it justice, but, um, you know, I, I, you know what, what you produced in that book was fantastic and, and credit to yourself. I mean, how long did it actually take you? I mean, uh, before you go, I mean, did it take you, what, a year or shorter than a year? Or no, how long did that no, take to finish? I, I think... Well, I, I procrastinated a month and then yeah. I did the research. And I think I think I, I started it the first week of September. Like, I think I wrote the first page the first week of September. And it was done by the it was done by like the second week of November. Wow. Good so stuff. six. Yeah. Six, six weeks or so. Like once you have the research, right, like you're telling a yeah. story and, I, and, and you can you can kind of knock that out. Some some parts slow you down, some don't. But I. But I had the time, and and uh, so I think I got it done in about six weeks. Great. So again, like, so grateful to the editors and the people who proofread it who helped me with it because you know you get it done and it turns around quickly and you haven't had a chance to put some distance between yourself and and, and the the writing for a bit. So all the guys who did that, like Carlos Acevedo and 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 um, the other people who had a chance to read it and give me some feedback on it, I'm I'm really grateful for. Well, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, we've really thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking the time out to, to discuss this. And maybe in the future, maybe something will come of it. Maybe we'll revisit this, both of both of ourselves from a different perspective. Uh, but for the time being, uh, congratulations on a great book. We thoroughly enjoyed reading it, thoroughly enjoyed uh, using it as part of our source material for our episode on Atto Gatti. And it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Jimmy. Thank you again. Thank you very much. And yeah, if we learn anything new, we have to we have to come back and revisit right absolutely definitely up for debate 100 percent Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.